Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our special consideration this Sunday is our first lesson, Acts 9, verses 1 to 19, as printed in your bulletin and already read. Dear fellow disciples of the risen Lord Jesus, what might you say when your niece complains to you two weeks into December that she's not going to get the thing that she really, really, really wants for Christmas because her parents just never seem to listen when she says she wants it, but you know that it's already wrapped and waiting to be put under the tree. Well, you never know. What might you say when you and your friend who have been driving since daylight pull at midnight into the parking lot of motel number eight and he says, I'm sure this one will be full up with no vacancies just like all the others. You say, well, you never know. Or what might you say when the news comes out that your quiet, keeps-to-himself neighbor turned out to be a decorated veteran who just stopped a workplace shooter? Wow, you never know. You might use you never know a lot telling the story that we have today in Acts 9. Oh no. Is God going to let Saul come to Damascus and arrest the Christians there? How could the Lord possibly make this turn out for their good? You never know what God has in store. And obscure Ananias, just a, a nobody Christian who is trying to live quietly in Damascus, could the Lord possibly have a use for him and his plans to save the world? You never know. Let's talk about Ananias then. Would he ever have dreamed, let alone expected, what role the Lord would give him? We know nothing else about him, and he is only mentioned here in the Bible. So there's no reason to think that he was previously a figure of great significance in the church, let alone in society. He is called nothing more than a disciple in Damascus, meaning he was a believer in Jesus who lived in that city. Maybe he was a native. Maybe he was one of the Jewish believers who had fled the persecution in Jerusalem. We're, we're not really told. So it is highly unlikely that Ananias went to bed the night before thinking, hey, tomorrow the Lord is going to call me to do something that will make a huge difference in the spread of the gospel throughout the world. But hey, you never know. What we do know is that when Jesus did call him, he answered without hesitation, Here I am, Lord. But when Jesus told him what he was supposed to do, he, he answered that with, with some understandable hesitation since it was so completely unexpected. Lord, this guy is dangerous. Am I understanding you correctly? He was, it turns out. But what he never would have guessed was how he... Ananias would be a part of something so historic and world-changing. He was not only going to restore the sight of a man who had gone blind, something there's no indication that Ananias had ever done before, he was going to be the one to lay his hands on and anoint, in a way, 
the Lord's chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the people of Israel. And as we know, both from the rest of the book of Acts and from history itself, no one, no one was more used by God to spread the message of Christ and salvation in his name throughout the Gentile world than this Pharisee and persecutor, Saul, whom we know better as Paul. We can easily imagine Ananias' grandchildren, 40 or 50 years later, proudly telling their friends, hey, you know, our grandpa was the one who healed and baptized the Apostle Paul. You never know who the Lord is going to use for his work. And if Ananias was a surprise, Saul Paul was a dumbfounding, out-of-the-blue bombshell shock. He would not have even made it onto a list of people you'd never guess God might use as servants of the gospel. The idea was simply inconceivable, except to Jesus. Because the Lord chose this man who had held the cloaks of those who stoned Stephen, the first martyr, who had persecuted believers inside Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Galilee, causing real harm to people who only wanted to follow the way of their Savior, who were doing no harm to anyone, only good. We're not told for sure if Saul had actually had anyone killed. But at the very least, he was breathing out murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord. He was truly a dangerous man. He was basically the number one earthly enemy of Christ's people. And yet he was the one that the Lord chose to be his apostle to the Gentiles. To be sure, this this call to faith and service was, was not setting Saul up for a life of comfortable power atop a prosperous church. Saul would now be on the receiving end of the same kinds of trouble that he had caused the servants of the Lord in his career as persecutor. The Lord told Ananias, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So this was nothing like the quarterback of your favorite team's biggest rival getting hired and stepping right in and taking over as your team's quarterback. It was more like a slave master handing off his whip and then going under the lash himself as he joins the labor of the slaves he had just moments before abused. So yeah, when you try to figure out what God might do or whom he might use for what, you just never know. That obnoxious guy that you went to school with who who mocked Christianity every chance he got could be someone God will bring to faith in his 30s and use as a powerful witness for the rest of his life. That shy woman at work who speaks so quietly you always ask her to repeat herself, might actually be the most popular Sunday school teacher or youth leader at her church. You never know. When God makes His plans and chooses His servants, 
He doesn't usually announce or explain it all to us ahead of time. And what was true for Paul and Ananias and is true for other people is true for you as well. Your life to this point, your personality and your experiences, your preferences and your priorities may give some kind of clue as to what the Lord has in store for you next, or they may not. You never know. Imagine if Ananias had answered Christ's call, Here I am, Lord, but just so you know, I don't do healings. And I'm certainly not going anywhere near anything or anyone risky, so don't ask. Or if Saul had said, even after his conversion, okay, I'm happy to be a believer now, but I really think that my background kind of counts me out for any kind of mission work or leadership position, right? Just let me take a seat in the back where I won't make anyone uncomfortable and I'll quietly watch others do their work. Either of those answers would have been a case of presuming to know more than Jesus and thinking that your opinion about what he should have you do is more valuable and more right than his. And thinking that way is not only foolish, since God knows everything, it is the exact opposite of faith. So instead... With things you never know, trust. Trust that whatever the Lord calls you to or chooses you for, whenever and wherever He does so, is what is best for you and for His church. That service might include suffering or hard work as it did for Paul, or it might not. It might include going straight into the mouth of the lion, as it would have seemed for Ananias going to see Saul. Or it might not. You don't know. And you don't need to know. Because your loving Lord knows. You have your current callings as Husbands and fathers, wives and mothers, students and teammates, volunteers and citizens, analysts and educators, officers and enlisted consultants and cashiers, whatever those callings might be, you serve the Lord by serving your neighbor through them. But what tomorrow might bring as evangelist or investor, as grandparent or gardener, as church council member or or Bible camp teacher, as boss or barista, as medical missionary or lawnmower, whatever it might be, whatever vocation, whatever duties, responsibilities, gifts and opportunities the Lord might place before you, you don't need to worry about it. Because Jesus knows all about it. You trust Him for everything, and you don't need to know the details ahead of time. So instead of worrying about what you'll never know, or trying to figure out what only God knows, focus on what you do know. You know, for instance, 
what surprised Saul so much, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that though he was crucified, he rose from the dead and ascended again to heaven. You know that he did all of that to rescue sinners from death and damnation and the grip of the devil, and that he did it entirely out of undeserved love for us undeserving and disobedient creatures. You know that you are now God's own dear child, claimed in baptism, brought to faith by the Holy Spirit, and and nurtured in that faith by the means of grace. You know that though you still sin, because you still have a sinful nature, there is full and free forgiveness for you in Jesus Just as even Saul, even Saul, the great persecutor, was forgiven and brought into fellowship with both the Lord he persecuted and his church. You know that your risen Lord and Savior, Jesus, has the power to do incredible things, not just miracles beyond our understanding, but works of great mercy, like changing Saul's heart from hostility to humility and his soul from lost to saved. And you know that the will of God is always good, always right, and always for your and your church's benefit so that whatever he decides and whatever he does in your life or the lives of others, you can be confident, even comfortable with what he chooses. This is what Ananias knew and what led him so confidently to do what his Lord instructed him to do. And this is what Saul soon came to know and trust himself. Our God is gracious and merciful. Our Savior Jesus is risen from the dead and ruling in heaven. And the Lord always keeps his promises. So if you ever find yourself getting so concerned about what you'll never know that you lose sight of what you do know, stop. Take a beat. Repent of your presumption and unbelief. Put your trust again in Jesus and place all your worries and misgivings in His perfectly capable, nail-scarred hands. Remember, that even when events on this earth seem to be spiraling out of control, even if your life or or the survival of His people seems in danger, even if your service as a disciple seems more full of stress and suffering than success and joy, remember, the Lord is on His throne and can be counted on to care for his servants and to carry his gospel forward to the ends of the earth. And if and when he calls us to do something new or something scary or to change our lives or our circumstances, because we know him and because we know what he has done for us in love, We are always ready, eager to answer as Ananias did.
Here I am, Lord, and do what he has called us to. Hallelujah. Amen. Please rise. Now may the God of peace, who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip, equip you with every good thing to do his will, as he works in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen.